I'm going to continue reading from the remarkable and inspiring chapter of Richard Schuon entitled The Stations of Wisdom, and uh, it's from the book of the same title, page 149. On the plane of love, of the affective life of the soul, we can distinguish an active mode and a passive mode, as in everything that lives. Passive virtue is made of contemplative contentment, hence also of patience. It is the calm of that which rests in itself, in its own virtue. It is generous relaxation, harmony. It is repose in pure being, equilibrium of all possibilities. This attitude loosens the knots of the soul. It removes agitation, dissipation and the contraction, which is the static counterpart of agitation. There is in it neither curiosity nor disquiet. The quality of calm derives from the divine peace, which is made of beatitude, of infinite beauty. Beauty everywhere and always has at its root an aspect of calm, of existential repose, of equilibrium, of possibilities. This is to say that it has an aspect of limitlessness and of happiness. The essence of the soul is beatitude. What makes us strangers to ourselves is dissipation, which casts us into destitution and ugliness, into a state of sterile dilapidation similar to shaking palsy, a disordered movement which has become a state, whereas normally it is the static which is at the basis of the dynamic and not the converse. Beauty bears within itself every element of happiness, whence its character of peace, plenitude, satisfaction. Now beauty is in our very being, we live by its substance. It is the calm, simple and generous perfection of the pool which mirrors the depth of the sky with all its serenity. It is the beauty of the water lily, of the lotus, opening to the light of the sun. It is repose in the centre, resignation to providence, quietude in God. We can distinguish in this station a gentle aspect and a stern aspect, namely the happy quietude founded on the certainty that all we love is to be found infinitely in God, and the ascetic contentment founded on the idea that God suffices us. I'll stop there and just read a couple of the footnotes that I didn't read as I was going through. I didn't want to interrupt the flow of the prose. So after the statement 
about beauty, we had this footnote. Um, yes, I'll just read the statement first. Beauty everywhere and always has at its root an aspect of calm, of existential repose. And then there's this footnote that says, let us recall here that virtue for the philokalia is, quote, the natural state of the soul. And this enables us also to grasp what the Asiatic traditions mean when they speak of going beyond the virtues. A virtue is a limit insofar as it is an expression of ourselves. And it is transcended or realized to the full, which amounts to the same thing. It is transcended when it no longer belongs to us in any way as our own. And then we've got footnote three that comes after this statement. It is the calm, simple and generous perfection of the pool which mirrors the depth of the sky with all its serenity. It is the beauty of the water lily, of the lotus opening to the light of the sun. And the footnote reads, It will be remembered here that Buddhist iconography represents the Buddha seated on a lotus, and that the Buddha is called Jewel in the Lotus, Mani Padme. The Buddhas bring salvation, not only by their teaching, but also by their superhuman beauty. End of the footnote. And the statement about their superhuman beauty bringing salvation is found in another, I think in the book of Shuan called, um, the original title was In the Tracks of Buddhism and then it was retitled Treasures of Buddhism. And I think there he quotes one of the Chinese patriarchs of, of, of uh, Dhyana, Zen Buddhism, uh, in ter uh, as regards this this uh, statement that the Buddhas save not only by their teaching but by their superhuman beauty. Um, yes, I'll, I'll look for that. In any case, I'll stop there and um, continue with this uh, reading from Stations of Wisdom tomorrow, God willing. <laughs>